Welcome to LifePoint Church. Our mission is to glorify God and make gospel-driven disciples by engaging people in the unexpected joy of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. Genesis chapter 18. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, quick, three sayas of flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. And they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. Have you ever been in an impossible situation? I know that you have because you are in this room, your heart is beating for you, you are here, you're present, you have been in an impossible situation. The Denver Broncos have a chance to make the Super Bowl and win it this year. Now, you may say that's an impossible situation, which you would be right in doing so, uh, because they have the worst offense. You can't even call it an offense. They have the worst imposters of an offense in the whole league. They're playing right now uh, in London right now. We don't know how they're doing, but they're two and four. They've only won two games. They've lost four, and they have the worst offense, but they have a chance. It's, but it's, they're probably looking at things like this is an impossible situation to try and make the goal of every NFL team is to make and win the Super Bowl of every year. We have, and while we can laugh at that at their expense, but there's some real life drama going over there in Dove Valley with the Broncos of people's jobs are on the line. People may have to move. People may have to, there's, there's, some, there's some hard, hard things going on over there. We just get to laugh at their expense. For us, we carry in this room, I know we carry in this room, some, some impossible situations, some, some difficult dilemmas, uh, some challenges that 
find their way towards us. Some of them we've lived with all of our lives. Some of us, we, uh, we live with uh, a lack of self-control. When it comes to, to eating, we cannot fix the weight situation. We cannot do it. It is too hard. It is too hard to, to say no to ice cream after 8 o'clock at night. It's too hard. I'll, I'll try again. I'll start on Monday. It'll be a new start. It, it's been a lifelong battle for many of us to, to have a weight that is healthy, that we're proud of, and we keep buying bigger and bigger pants. Some of us is finances. Some of, like, I, I, to speak to a lot of the men in the room, a lot of the dads in the room, we love to be able to provide for our families through our jobs. I know there's women who provide as well, but I just, being as a man, being as a, a dad, I, I love being able to provide, to, to provide not just for the expenses of the home and, and the cars and, and the food and the, and the new trapper keepers for school, all the different things that, that that requires. But when it comes to the thought of like, uh, when, the, when they become teenagers and they start wanting to drive and they got multiple cars, uh, we've got multiple cars moving around and we've got multiple car insurances and, and, and we'd like to provide. But then it comes to the idea that we're going to provide for their, their college education on top of that and weddings to follow that. It can become overwhelming. Like, I love to provide and I don't feel like I can. The math is not going to work out. Too much outgo for not enough ingo, right? It can be an overwhelming situation. Some of you may, in, might be in here that say, you think that's tough. Try, uh, I, I, I'm a felon, and I'm loaded with STDs, and I've been an, a, a liar all my life, and now I've trusted Jesus. Why would anyone in this church want to have relationship with me? Why would anyone want to have, see any value in me? This is impossible. No one is ever going to take interest in me. Some of you have been praying for a family member to cross the line of faith and trust Jesus. Maybe it's a long-term friend, but it's somebody close to you. And you've prayed for them, and you've forgotten to pray for them, and you've been reminded to pray for them, and so you start praying for them again, and you pray, and you pray, and you try to live a, a, a great gospel witness in front of them to show them the hope that you have in Jesus. You live authentically before them. You love them. You share the gospel with them. And it's as if they, they are not only disinterested, it's, that, it's as if they sharpen their fangs as they walk away in the opposite direction. And you're like... This is impossible. This is impossible. This person is too far gone. They are not capable of being saved, being reached by you, Jesus. It's impossible. And so you, give, you, you stop praying again. You, you give up hope. These are some of the dilemmas, some of the scenarios that, that are in this room that are not uncommon to man. Some of you, it's been a lifelong struggle with lust, and it's just like, I cannot stop myself. I just might be a sex addict. Some of you are just scared at the thought of that, that we're even talking about that in church right now. And it's true. You, you may be. 
You need help is what you need. And, but it might be too, you've, you've tried fixing it. You've tried praying it away. You've tried, you've tried. You've talked about trying. You've got an A in effort for trying. But it's just too difficult. It's too challenging. It's too much. It's too overwhelming. It's a burden that I carry with me every day, a gray cloud everywhere I go. These are overwhelming problems. These are impossible situations. These, dilemma, these dilemmas, these problems are humbling. And they're not like a light switch that you can just flick a switch on and, and all of a sudden it's gone and it's, gone, it's taken away. These are messy. These are challenging. They're humbling. They're frustrating. And... Anger can find its way soon knocking on the door of your heart. I think we can agree together in this room that there have been times where we have struggled with some of these scenarios, some of these challenges, some of these over impossible situations where we get in over our head that we cannot provide a way out. We cannot provide the solution. It's outside of our ability. We can't make it up. We can't, can't regather When it comes to impossible situations, we're going to look at a story here, and then we're going to turn our attention to the scriptures here in Genesis 18. I've been loving this series. I am so thankful these, God has provided for us His Word that can give us direction, that can give us hope, and a clue to dial in to who He really is. In Genesis 18, I want you to have your Bibles remain open. We're going to stay there. I want you to read in your scriptures together with me. Uh, there's three sections I'm going to break this up. And I want you to be aware, I'm not, I'm, I normally, when I preach, I normally tend to have three, three points. Today we're going to go with one. So don't be afraid when I get on one point. Oh my goodness, he's still got two more to go. You can rest, okay? <laughs> one point. You know, in this first section, one through uh, eight, verses one through eight in chapter 18, I see that the Lord appears in Abraham uh, hosts his guests. And this is another theophany where the Lord is appearing to, to man and where we've seen this in the, in the chapters behind us. But it's, this, is an, this is a time where the Lord is approaching, uh, and we know it's the Lord. Uh, it's, it's Yahweh. It says in verse 1, Yahweh is the Lord. But I believe that, that Abraham sees this is the Lord coming because Abraham really falls over himself and how he is entertaining, how he is entertaining these three men, which we believe is the Lord with a couple angels. Uh, the Lord appears in Abraham, and, and the first clue is, we got to remember, Abraham is 100 years old, and he runs to greet these three visitors. He runs. Abraham is sitting outside of his tent, and if you've ever been around in a tent, it's in the middle of the day. It's hot inside of a tent, man. There's always a stupid fly flying around. And he's sitting at the door entrance, and he is just trying to get some wind, some, some breeze. And he sees coming towards him three men, and he, he runs. He gathers up his garments, okay? That's what you would have to do. And, and he's, now he's showing his bare 100-year-old legs. And he's running. 
And that run does not look like an Olympic sprinter, folks. That run is, is belabored and it hurts. Arthritis has set in, but he is making his way. He is bare, he's showing his like The elderly do not do that in this culture. It, running is for young kids. He is running to greet his guests and he falls down and, uh, on, the, on the ground. He, when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O oh Lord, that word, O oh Lord, it's Adonai. My Lord, O oh Lord, my Lord, I have found favor in your sight. Do not pass by your servant. And he goes on to give instructions on how he is going to entertain his host. His hosts. All right, he's going to host these people, then he's going to entertain his, his guests, and he is going to, he runs into the tent and he tells his wife, Sarah, to quickly put together three seas, which is basically 21, it is a, it's like a grip of flour. And not only is it a lot of flour, it's fine flour. He, they're they're going to make cakes that are just the best, tender to the body. These are not something you're going to break a tooth on. These are going to be nice, fine flour. Get the best out. And then he goes and he runs. He runs again to, to his corral. He's, he's a wealthy man, we learned in, in chapters before. And he picks out a calf. They don't have a refrigerator to pull out a couple of sirloin steaks. So they, have, they, they get a, a real-life calf, and he gets somebody to prepare that for him. So th- this feast is developing, and curds and milk. It's going to be a great feast that they're preparing for these, these three guests. He is overwhelmed by their presence with him and he is doing his best his best to show them high high honor by giving the best of what he has this is coming from a wealthy man and he's giving the best i mean the back straps off this calf is just going to be tender you just need a spoon to get through it it's going to be nice so sarah's working inside the tent his hired men are are getting it together and they 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 prepare, prepare this feast and then and then Abraham is standing in the shade of a tree watching his three, his three guests be hosted. Then we move on to the next section where in verses 9 through 13, the Lord, dec- he declares Sarah will be a child when he returns. And it starts off with the Lord asking this question that it, the Lord does not know the, it's not like he doesn't know the answer, but he's, he's telling something through his question, where is Sarah your wife? Where is Sarah your wife? This is telling because just months ago, just half a chapter prior in verse chapter 17 is when the Lord told Sarah, her name is now Sarah. He renamed her. Not everyone else knows this information. The word hasn't passed that far. He's identifying her by the new name that he's given her, Sarah. Where is Sarah, your wife? And the thing that's unique about this is that she's inside. She's already done her preparations. They're eating. But she's inside the tent, and she's uh, just on the other side of the wall of the tent. She's kind of leaning in a little bit. What is Abraham doing with these three men out there? What are they even talking about? 
So we all have to be careful about the conversations we have because people are listening when even when you don't think they are. But we learn, we learn that the Lord says, your wife Sarah, I'm gonna come back this, this time in a year and your wife is gonna be, she's gonna have your son. And we know that the name of the son from chapter 17, just the chapter before, is gonna be Isaac. We know from the chapter before that when God told Abraham that she, he's gonna be the father of a son, he's gonna name Isaac, and, and Abraham laughs at this. Well, guess what's gonna happen next in the tent? Sarah is overhearing this for the first time, and she's eavesdropping. This is a 90-year-old woman leaning in to listen through the tent wall, a 90-year-old woman who, as we come to learn, not only is she 90, but she, the way of women has, has passed her. She is no longer having her menstrual cycle. Okay, she's, she's no longer doing that. But on top of that, she has been unable to get pregnant her whole entire life. She's been barren. So not only has she been barren, not only has her menstrual cycle ceased, she's also 90 years old. And this guy, is, he's, he's, Abraham is hearing that I'm going to be pregnant this time next year. So what does she do? She laughs to herself. I get that. I, if, I'm, if I'm hearing that information, it, it does seem like, yeah, right. Kind of like 70 years a little bit late. She's old and she stopped having her, the way of women has gone beyond her. And, and she goes... After I'm worn out, my Lord is old. Abraham is old. He's 10 years older than me. Shall I have pleasure? And she laughs. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? And what does he say next? If you're into underlining in your Bible, this needs to be underlined in your Bible. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's a question we all have to listen and ponder to and sit and just kind of and be before the Lord and ask that question. Because it's also a statement, prose is a question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? This is something that we're going to see the power of God revealed in the coming chapters. We're going to see the power of God do something mighty here. Something that is so unique about our God is He is the instigator. He is the initiator. The Lord Almighty chose Abraham. Chose Abraham to be the man He is going to bless the nations with because of his seed that's gonna go throughout all history. The Lord chose Abraham. The Lord chose to have covenant with Abraham. This is the Lord's idea. I am gonna make a promise to you. I'm gonna make a promise to you, and if I don't keep it, it would be like as if I'm one of the dead carcasses on the side of this promise that I'm making before you right now, and this covenant that man makes with God. I will keep my promise. And this is him coming around the corner, getting ready to fulfill his promise and display his power by bringing forth a child to this old couple, 190 years old.
is anything too hard for our Lord. It's just like God to have this scenario play out where she's been barren her whole life, her menstrual cycle is seized up, and now she's old, and now he is gonna display, this is when you get pregnant. This is when I fulfill my promise. This is when I fulfill my covenant because there's no way it's possible except by me and my power. This is our God. Yes, this is our God. He is, he is grandstanding and he's saying, this is about me. I initiated it all. All the glory will go to me. And Abraham and Sarah's dreams, their dreams of having a child all their lives, enduring ridicule, enduring scorn and shame from neighbors whispering as they go by, is now about to become true. Uh, God is never late on delivering his promises. Now, Abraham and Sarah are going to be first-time parents at the age of 90 and 100 years old, so you gotta, that would be a prayer request for them. <laughs> but look what God is doing. He initiated the covenant with Abraham. He's initiated these conversations. He's initiated that this is all going to happen by my strength and my power, and he only waited for when it's obvious. With the Lord, all things are possible, people. With the Lord, all things are possible. So parents, when you're thinking, you're, you're, you're freaking out about finances and you don't think you have the ability to provide, uh, with the Lord, all things are possible. It may not be as you, as you always dreamed it was gonna be. They may not go to the finest universities. They may have to work their way through college. They may have to save up a whole lot of babysitting money through high school. They may have to uh, apply for scholarship after scholarship after scholarship. The Lord has a way. And the weddings may be functional and maybe not as beautiful as they, they, that you had dreamed, but the Lord has a way. With the Lord, all things are possible. For those of us who struggle with weight issues, there's strength in community, there's strength in the hope of the Lord. There's, there, it, there is a better way and there is an alternative to what we have been told all of ourselves are lies. There's strength in that. The Lord will provide a way for you through community and prayer. There's no better way to involve your life group than, in, than that issue right there. Admit your need. Lust, your, 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 your problem is not a horny problem. Your problem is that you have a wound that you're trying to medicate. You have a wound that you're trying to medicate. And if you'd invite us in, we would love to help come alongside you in that. I mean that, I mean that. They're saying right now, online pornography, there's a range between 7 billion and 94 billion. They don't know how to measure it, but it's, that is profit per year, 7 to 94 billion. They don't know how to measure it. Seven is way too much. It's a problem. And I'm asking, invite us in to help. Invite us to come alongside you and support you. Some of you who have been walking in hopelessness that your family friend is too far gone, reject that lie. Reject that lie. Each one of us are standing here by God's grace as trophies of God's grace. Uh, we're an evil, selfish people without the grace of Jesus in our lives. We all have a story we can share. Let's continue to petition the God of all grace to consider your loved one. 
He can do far more than you would ever think or imagine. He is faithful. He is so faithful. Let us push forward and persevere as we pray for those, those loved ones of ours. Push forward and persevere in the unexpected joy that we have in Jesus as we lean on him more and more. That's what we can do for our loved ones that are rejecting God's best gift. All we can do is gather around sticks, tiny little sticks and tender, flammable material. Only the Lord can spark that fire. That's, that's, that's his work. All we can do is just pray and gather tinder so that when that spark does erupt, there is much joy and rejoicing in what God has done. He's created a new creation in Christ. And he has done it. He has done it. Only he can do it. So when we look at how we've been in impossible situations or is anything too hard for the Lord, I say with great truth and what the scriptures teach us that with Jesus, all things are possible. With Jesus, all things are possible. And I want to remind us of a story in the, in the, in the book of Matthew when a, with a rich young man came to Jesus and he, he said, what must, I be, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says to follow the law and he identifies the law. And he says, I've done all those things. I've done all those things. What else must I do? And Jesus tells him, well, give all that you have to the poor and follow me. And the, and the guy goes away sad, broken, because he knows that's too much. I can't, I can't give of my wealth. I can't do that. Uh, so all of the disciples are standing around and say, who then can be saved? Who, who can be saved? Because this guy was like push, you know, pushing the gas pedal on following the law and look how perfect he was, but he would not leave his wealth to follow Jesus because Jesus knew what his idol was. His wealth. So they're, they're just kind of stunned. Who then can be saved? And Jesus says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Folks, this is our Savior. This is our Lord. With him all things are possible. All things are possible. Don't put a governor on Jesus. He is capable of doing more than you can imagine, than you could hope. If we would just place our trust in him and believe in the promises of the gospel that we have, when it comes to finances, we can realize that, that, that Jesus, as Paul told the Philippians, and he looked back, the Philippians, a, a, a poor church, were given so, so generously to Paul in his, in his time of need. And he says, and my God will supply everything that you need according to his riches, in glory, in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. That's a memory verse that you can seal into your, into your brains. Memorize the words so it'll help you fight that doubt and help you fight that fear. Late at night when you're freaking out with a cold sweat, have scripture in your heart that you can call out on and say, God, I don't trust myself. It's too big for me, but it's not too big for you because it's anything too hard for the Lord. No, it's not. 
With Jesus, all things are possible. In him, we have this God of power, and we can research, we can resource him, activate him in our lives, activate him in our conversations, activate him in our prayers, that we would move forward trusting this almighty, almighty God. And he has a plan. He has a plan. Uh, the, the scriptures are faithful to say he's going to provide everything that you need. It doesn't say everything that you want. Uh, he does give us desserts in life. That sunrise this morning was a dessert. That was beautiful. He didn't have to do that, but he wanted to bless me and, and you who saw it. He does provide everything we need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He supplies it all. So with that, I want us to turn our attention to prayer. And I want to give you a chance. I'm going to give you some time, some silence to pray a bold prayer between you and God, silently between you and God. Pray boldly. This is a God who acts boldly. Lift up those friends and family members who are sharpening their fangs against the gospel. Lift them faithfully up to God. Pray for your addictions that God would help you find help. Seek Him to be the giver of all that you need, that He would supply everything that you would need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let's go to Him together in prayer now. Father, You, you are a faithful God. You deliver on Your promises faithfully, 100%. Jesus, I thank you for being so personal and yet so powerful. You're so tender and personal with a person like me to communicate your capability, your power. Jesus, I believe you were there with Abraham eating his food, having a conversation outside the tent. And Jesus, it's amazing to me that how almighty you are, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you and that you would choose to lay down your life out of love for me, for my friends in this room. How tender. How powerful. So with arms stretched high and heart full of praise, we declare you are worthy of all our praise, of all of our efforts, of all of our intentions. We, we give it to you, asking that you would be glorified in them. And Father, where we stumble and, and fall and, and sin, may we be faithful to confess that and Again, remember, your forgiveness is never-ending for us because of what Jesus did on that cross. Jesus, you're not only powerful enough to make an old couple pregnant and fulfill your promise, powerful enough to beat death. You're powerful enough to restore sight to the blind. You're powerful enough to carry our cares, our needs, 
So Jesus, we celebrate you. You are the one that receives all of our worship, all of our praise. Only you, very narrow, only you will receive that. We give it to you now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes LifePoint Church's podcast. For more information about our church, visit sharethelife.org.